0: His teammates don't like the cheap shots to players. He's had four or five of those. When Mitch Trubisky struggled in Chicago, his teammates liked him. When Justin Fields has struggled at times in Chicago
1: a lot, it feels like his teammates like him. Where are the allies for Mac Jones? He was called McEnroe Jones at Alabama. He's ticked off the coaches. Basically, Belichick's just told Bill O'Brien, you have him. I think they're going to go get a quarterback.
0: All right, lots of NFL coming up. Cofield and Company, 5 o'clock hour, Battleborn Broadcast Center. Make sure if you have legal questions, legal issues, call up Justin and the folks here, along with Matt Hoffman at Battleborn Injury Lawyers at 766-1400. Cofield, JVT on the road back in the Finley Toyota Studios is Demon. Let's hold off a minute or two, getting to what Colin Cowherd was saying there about the Patriots and Mac Jones, because this is becoming a real problem, and we've got A real quandary here for Bobby Kraft. You know, we were just talking about organizations, sometimes pulling the plug a little too early and then being arrogant on the remake. We'll get back to it. Damon sent over a story today. I have no idea what this is. I'm intrigued by it. Something with the Hornets and a patch sponsor and damon you don't like the company or you don't like the guy who put together the
2: company i don't like the guy i don't like anything he stands for i don't care how good of a person people say that he is there's this youtuber right, Mr- let's go to break
0: <laughs> that would be yep okay without explaining who he is wait so he's a youtuber yes his first ma- of all what's what's the company and the hornets are gonna have a patch he's a sponsor
2: Feastables. I, he does Mr. Beast burgers. He's got his own line of candy bars. Yeah, he's he's franchising. He's expanding his craft or whatever he he I'm wants to call it. Yeah, he's an entrepreneur. But he's a YouTuber. He does these elaborate YouTube videos where it's, hey, who can stand inside of this circle for a hundred days and win a million dollars? And it's that's cool, but it's very. I, I just don't like the guy. I can't think of the word, but it's, I'm rich. I can afford to give people this money. Isn't it cool that I can help these people? But it's like, no, you're not helping anybody. And people have to do ridiculous challenges to earn said money. Damon, it's like, uh, if I could interrupt you, like,
3: it's like a, a king in his court and he's making the jester dance, right? Like, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you your stuff, but you got to dance for me first. And he goes out and makes you do stuff for money.
2: Yes, he's in every YouTube video. He says, hey, but the money that I make from like ads and revenue or whatever, I'm putting a back into it. So each video I'm giving away more money. But it's yes, we all have to sing for our supper for Mr. Beast. I don't like the way he's accrued all of this wealth. And it just seems like a fake nice guy. Oh, I'm going to give someone that doesn't even know me a million dollars. There was one video where he was fixing people's eyesight, just paying for free eye surgeries. And it's. Okay, Mr. Beast sounds so wonderful. You hate this guy. Yes, I (laughs) hate. He sounds so (laughs) charitable and wonderful. Why does he get to be the arbiter of who deserves eyesight? If my eyesight is wrong and Mr. Beast didn't fix mine, now I'm mad at Mr. Beast. Yes, I'm sorry. I don't don't care how this makes me sound. I was gonna say, Demond. I think I I, I think I'm with you most of the
3: time. I I just I think you got to present a different argument than God. This guy's such a jerk for giving eyesight back to the blind probably a different battle to wage against Mr Beast.
0: I mean I guess we'll do his bidding now that I'm looking at
3: Feastables. <laughs> they they might be good. Well so you know I will say there has been I don't know much about Mr Beast. I know what the I know what the thing is but like I don't watch him on YouTube. Whatever appears on my TikTok is all I really know. Um but both of you remind me who's the uh who's the former fighter uh who's out here doing the food reviews? Lee? Keith Lee, Thank you. Yes. I think there was a video, demon of him and Keith Lee, and he asked Keith Lee to, to review his candy bars, and Keith Lee told him, was like, yeah, these, are, these aren't good. I don't good. really like these. And, and- I love Keith Lee because he is 100% honest. Right, and you could see, like, oh, you saw the crack in the facade. Where, yeah. like, he actually kind of got up and he tried to play it off as his joke. He's like, all right, well, we won't eat him anymore. And he, like, throws him off camera and everything. Like, that. oh, yeah. So, you, you oh, see, yeah. like, I think DeMond's right. And, look, all <laughs> these people, when they get this big, yeah. there's going to be some sort of, you know, dark shadow behind them that we don't really know about. But when you get rich, got to do things. And so, he gets a patch on the Charlotte Hornets logo. Can I say? I'll give him credit. The patch does go with uni. It's like that nice, like,
2: teal or, you know, baby blue that matches with the uniform for the Hornets. I like it. It looks good. He is from North Carolina, so it is his home team. Good for him. But just the way the videos are presented, just not for me. And also, huh. I had an interaction with a couple of um, listeners on Radio Nation Radio one time. I said, I don't know who this Mr. Beast guy is and why he's a big deal. And tons of people, maybe just ten. But ten people coming at me about how I don't know who Mr. Beast is, that's one beasties? too many.
3: Beasties? Are they, are they Swifties? Are they Beasties?
2: And the Beasties are out there. Uh,
3: beastie Boys? Is it a national thing or is it more of a regional thing? For him? Yeah. I think he's pretty... I mean, I've seen his stuff out here in Las Vegas, and YouTube really? is, like, wide-spanning. I just... I don't know... Well, I understand that about YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think he's pretty big. Um, Damon, where is... I,
2: I don't know his background. Like, where did he get all this money from? Do you know? Just becoming big on YouTube. He's a pretty okay, young so he, guy. I'd say he's 26, 27 years old.
3: Now I'm jealous. I don't like him either. Right. I yes. mean, this is outside of Mr. B specifically. I mean, I think this is kind of interesting in that this is the second time an influencer has been part of like the main sports world. For those who don't know dude Perfect is the main kit sponsor for I think uh, they they mentioned in the article uh, Burnley. So, okay. like this is kind of interesting in that like who's the who's the chick that was interviewing Drake that we that all of a sudden people don't like anymore, Jamon? Bobby a Altoff. Little blonde girl. Say again. Bobby Altoff. Yeah, so like one day Bobby Altoff could just make enough money and she's like, I'm going to put my face on like NFL jerseys. It is kind of interesting to see at least that aspect, that these performers, these YouTubers, these social media mavens are getting so big that they can afford to actually have financial stakes as small as it can be in terms of advertising on these team jerseys because that's not cheap.
2: And if anyone out there wants to say, DeMond, it sounds like you're just being a hater. Yes, I am.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I love being a hater. Mm-hmm. It's awesome.
2: Give me some of that Sorry, money for free, Mr. Beast. I was, lo-
0: I, I, I was looking back. There were a bunch of social influencers that were offered to us around the Super Bowl by a PR company that we've worked with in the past. And I was uh, I was thinking Mr. Beast was on that list, but I think he's too big for it. Because there were a lot of, mm, there's probably 25 different influencers up on YouTube, and I don't remember someone having 189 million subscribers. That's that pretty nice? high. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were people between, you know, say 500,000 and
3: like 15 million. Devon, are you going to get mad when the Prime logo shows up on, like, the Lakers
2: uniforms? Ooh, that's different. I like Logan Paul. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I know, right? I, I Another trash human being by all accounts. I know, right? But you put him in a WWE ring, he earned a fan that day.
3: He's not going out curing the blind. Not <laughs>
0: <laughs> you like Logan Paul, but Mr. Beast, nah, not for me. Terrible person for the world. I like what I like. Okay. What All
2: happens right. when Mr. Beast is, turns in the jigsaw? Huh?
3: Okay. Random reference, John. You know it.
2: Like, as in, from saw the movie. Yes. Like he's gonna go insane oh, okay. and if you want, like, just start setting death traps for people. Yes, it's fun now. Where it's hey, who can, who would live in this makeshift house with no electricity for you know two months and win a million dollars? But what happens when the stakes get anti? You know, he ups the stakes on it. DeMond, Your life's you on the line mad? now.
3: Tell you this much, Mr. Beast walks in this door right behind me and offers me whatever (laughs) my – yes, don't even finish. Yep, you got it. Yep, shake his hand. Let's go. Good to meet you. Good to to meet you, Mr. Beast. I'm in. Got a show for you. I got mouths to feed, man. I'm open
2: for business. It's funny. Yeah, but what happens when Mr. Beast, you know, (laughs) takes the dark side? I don't know. Maybe he gets so powerful. He did do – what was the game? Squid game. He did like a version of Squid Game on his YouTube channel. Yeah, what if he says, died. yeah, what if he says I want the real version? <laughs> that's Ooh,
3: That's a good legal question for Justin. All right, say that. Can you theoretically set up a real-life Squid Game as long, as long as people actually signed up knowing what the consequences were? Right. The waiver means everything. Yeah. You will die if you lose, but you can win $20 million. I'd think about signing up. That's a good one. That's a real good one. As long one. as it's not physical feats. I wouldn't last too long. I'd kill it in that uh, red light, green light, though, for sure. The uh, The sound we brought back, not to move off this.
0: This is a bizarre situation because I've, I've been talking to start the week about how completely awful right now Belichick is looking for his personnel work, right? His team just doesn't have speed and athleticism and game breakers. Now the defense is starting to fall apart with major injuries. They make a weird deal today for JC Jackson. It is a deal of need because, you know, they're beat up at the position, but he doesn't have a lot of time age-wise unless he's planning on coaching until he's 80. So we kind of need to nail this reboot without Brady with a quarterback, and it doesn't look like he's nailed it. Uh, I think Colin was suggesting 10 minutes ago with the audio we played on the herd over on Fox Sports Las Vegas that well, Jones already pissed off Belichick last year. Of course, Belichick pissed off Mac Jones by having Matt Patricia and Joe Judge work work with right. him, which was absurd. Then he went out on his own outside the team. Uh, you want to do that if you're Tom Brady with uh, Alex Guerrero? Okay, you're Tom Brady. Uh, Mac Jones, you, you can't do that. And then Jones pulls this nonsense with the uh, the the Nad grab a couple of weeks ago. Allegedly, there's no proof. Yeah, uh, Sauce Gardner. Yes, we had we had a reporter say, a uh, update anchor nationally say it was allegedly. That happened, and then there's the other stuff we're finding out about Mac Jones. So that was that was interesting. What Colin said about um, what was it, Mac and Rowe Jones? Yeah, that I guess he's a petulant and a big baby. Did Nick Saban tell him? And is Belichick so arrogant? He's like, we'll fix him. Or did or did Be- did Saban lie to him and not tell him this
3: that he was that the kid was a kid that he's a baby and a sore loser. From what I can parse, right, and what we know, and I, I would say, I guess I have some unique insight. At least I've talked to Michael Lombardi about this. Who works with us over a visa about the relationship between those two. They seem pretty tight. So yeah. I don't think that Belichick wouldn't know if he had some sort of personality, not issue, because that sounds like it's, you know, inherent, but you know what I'm saying, right? right? That he was a ne'er-do-well, that he was cantankerous, that he would be a problem. Belichick wouldn't know those things. So maybe there is an arrogance of, no, just like we're talking with Miami, Patriot way. He's going to come in here and he's going to do what we want to do. Cause that's what we do. No days off. That's what we do. But there has been, I think, and I think there's a growing example of it. You mentioned it. There is more and more examples of Belichick. I think not knowing what to do on offense, personnel wise, play calling wise, scheme wise, That has been what has held him back since losing Tom Brady. The defenses have been above average. The offenses have not.
0: That's so funny. If we went back four years and you said this stuff about Brady and Belichick teams, you'd get your head ripped off Mm because it was trust in Bill. And now look at how it's unfolded.
3: This is the thing that drives me nuts about that conversation. We live in a world where nuance exists. Both of those things can be true. Belichick was awesome defensively. He still is. I don't think there's any arguing that if you look at the metrics from the last four years, whatever, they're a good defensive team. That's Bill Belichick. The problem is, is that he doesn't know what to do on offense. Mm-hmm. So at some point, right, one hand for the other, like that's, there was balance there. But now there's not the balance of having the greatest quarterback of all time to consistently pull, you know, you know what out of the hat. And that's, that's kind of the problem here. So I would actually believe to a certain extent where I don't know about what he called McEnroe Jones. I don't know if he told him that. But if they were talking like, yeah, you know, he can kind of be a pain in the ass. Like, you know, you might want to like, you know, really kind of keep an eye on him or keep on him in terms of keeping him under control that Belichick thought, like, I can handle that. Do you think Kraft has gone
0: to Belichick and said, well, what's he doing? How many times is Mac Jones going to do this? It's embarrassing
3: me. I would assume. It's embarrassing my brand. We're the Patriots. It's got to be some kind of conversations. And because here's the thing. I think you can, like for me last year, I was pro Mac Jones. Because I don't think it's fair that you can be put in that situation Mm -hmm. and not be pissed off at the fact that this offense stinks. My play callers have no idea what they're doing. And in the offseason, I'm explaining the offense that we ran to them last year. So I can understand being somewhat cantankerous and and pissy about that. But the fact that it's carried over after they got you a real offensive coordinator, that this stuff kind of continues. The fact that you're doing the alleged nut taps and all of those things. And he's got kind of a history of doing those things. It's not just that one incident that's where I think I'm getting more on the side of, like, Mac Jones got to do some self-reflection because he has not been good this year, and he's starting to get some of this noise around it. So Belichick's got at least one more year. I mean, think about what I'm saying
0: here. Seriously. I think, One, uh, things aren't going in the right direction. The other really important factor, I mean, I would assume, like, I feel old, but I'm not old compared to Bob Kraft old. I mean, this guy's pushing upper 80s. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you can tell Jerry Jones is getting, he's getting more manic here, you know, like this is it. This is a stretch run unless you're planning on living to 105. Like everything really, really matters now. So I, I wonder if Bob Kraft looks around and is like, you know, this just isn't working. Maybe it's the most fair thing to do while we do a rebuild that I just tell Belichick, you you know, go somewhere else. How about, or he's just going to let this run all the way out. And then, you know, unfortunately maybe he passes away and then, Johnny Kraft, his son, is going to have to be the bad guy and, and tell Belichick, you know, after, at that point, what, six or seven years of futility, Bill, great run, man. That's
3: it. Well, I don't know why he has to be fired. Why can't you go to him and say, Bill, we're hiring a real GM. Okay. You don't get final say anymore. We need somebody who can scout the offense appropriately and do it accurately. You're going to stay on as head coach, but we're sending some of your power when it comes to Don't decisions. okay.
0: On the GM, that's a future thing. Now, does he go to him and, and says to Belichick, listen, I know you don't want to be part of a tank. The opportunity here. This is a really good quarterback draft. You must lose the rest of the way. or You, t- you have to.
3: So play Mac Jones the rest of the way. <laughs> so status quo, Bill, keep sailing. I think so. I mean that's because and I mean look for him, it's got to be it's got to be attractive to him too. Like you said, he's getting older. Bill Belichick as well, yeah. it's got to be attractive in the thought process. Yeah. Like, look, man, we could get Caleb Williams, we could get Drake May, we could be good. I mean, heck, Spencer Rattler has really come around as a quarterback. We can get him. Let's rebuild this thing that way. But I, I think at some point you're talking to Belichick about a, a shift in power at least before you go to straight fire.
0: If, if I'm Belichick and I'm not, and I don't know how he thinks, but. I'm looking around, man. I'm getting out. Head coach of the Raiders. Well, you know, we discussed that the other day. I don't think that's going to happen. But, and I think we've the, the, this situation has ownership limitations. Would I don't even know if Belichick has? Maybe it's your guy Lombardi, but I don't know if he has. You know, agents of change that talk to people. I would be sniffing around. Spanos and the Chargers.
3: I mean, I, he's going to go to an organization if he goes somewhere else. That'll just hand him the keys. Yes. You but, don't but, think but, Mark the, Davis would do the that? Key, I don't want the keys to somewhere. Like, I need the freaking quarterback. I'm old. Right, but, I, I mean, yes, that's a very good point. And if this you're is Belichick. blasphemous.
0: I, I love Brandon Staley like a brother. I can't actually tell you why when pressed on it, just because no one else loves him. He needs love.
3: Had a really solid fourth down decision again.
0: I would uh, – it's all Kellen Moore's fault. These it is, guys can't I'm, I'm serious. play ball. I'm pro. I'm pro you, Stanley. You, you're the coach. You got you to tell him stop running off the gut or don't – in this case, don't run a quarterback sneak with a guy who's got his left hand mashed 15 minutes earlier. So, <laughs> like what other, what other teams
3: – Middle finger sticking Because it's out.
0: a very rare situation where you're going to have – you have like one of the top eight quarterbacks, but the coach just ain't working out. Who am I missing? What's the other great situation?
3: Indianapolis, obviously, but Shane Steichen's going to be fine.
0: Well, you're kidding. You're a Colts fan. I think it's a little early to say Anthony Richardson.
3: He looks great. And be- how
0: how old is Belichick and the vast research crew? Because he's looking older lately. I actually, he's in his seventies. I you the other day when he got real uh, exasperated and he did that like long handover. Seventy-one. His face. So he's seventy-one. I mean, is he going to coach till he's seventy-seven? I mean, honestly,
3: barrel chest. The barrel chest is no, going he's, away. He's he is kind
0: of losing it. Yep. I Me mean, 71, you're not going to be built like a, you know, upper body brick, you know, what house forever. Unless you're still on Chicago. You know, I thought of that for a second, but that,
3: I mean, they would give him the keys Carolina. They just hired Frank Reich, but it looks like a nightmare. It's a good defense too. You could get that thing in tip top shape. All right, we got to think on this. New York jets. It's, it's getting bad. It's getting bad. Uh, in
0: Zach Wilson. 15 minutes, we got to get to the latest. Of course, we have to mention Trailer. New Orleans Saints. Travis and Taylor. Trailer. Because now the Kelsey brothers might be pushing back on all this uh, attention the NFL is giving. But up next, let's get an update on uh, Vegas and L.A. Our buddy Arash Markazi will check in from the Sporting Tribune.
2: Man, I wish SC would find somebody, uh, do a different philosophy on coaching the defense. Because obviously... It will keep FC from winning a national championship.
1: Now, back to Coalfield and Company at the Battle Born Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas.
0: You know, as we often do during the breaks, we're uh, talking radio, at least I am, because I listen to radio and I watch TV all the time and, and uh, love trying to learn, but mostly judging and judging incorrectly. Um, yeah, as I said a couple weeks ago, OJ still got it. Now, no one wants him on their TV shows, but he's still got it. He's killing it. Um, I mean, I'd meant that's why. Because we just can't get past this. OJ with his comments on USC. I sounded so disappointed. I'm like disappointed. Uh, I really wanted to pump up OJ, but no more time for it. Arash is with us. A hell of a guy. Arash with the Sporting Tribune, with the Messenger. Man, your story ideas lately have been tremendous. So We're going to go through some of them uh, here in the next 10 minutes or so. What's up, Arash?
1: Not much. How are you?
0: Are you getting us okay? I got you. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. So Arash is with the Sporting Tribune, and they do a great job of covering uh, Hawaii and Vegas, and then the very vast LA scene. And I, I see you have people uh, all No, Seriously, you have people all over the place covering LA, and it's, it's it's incredible the size of the staff as you grow this thing. I I am always fascinated by LA. I can't live there. I couldn't live there. It's too crowded. I'm too cranky. Um, this was a crazy week. I don't know if you know this, but I actually watch. I'll watch uh, CBS News late night in L.A. and also KCAL. And I hadn't seen it the night of, but you, did you see this, this car chase that went from, like, L.A. over to Riverside? And eventually a lady had this truck, like, bashing into police cars, and she said, F it, and drove right onto a freeway yeah. and jumped out of the car. And then eventually she lost her wig. And then I felt bad. I actually kind of felt bad for her because I think she's got some problems. She was, like, crying on a gurney. This this had to be one of the crazy, and, and, and those those channels have the copters, so they cover them. This had to be one of the craziest car chases you've ever seen in L.A.
1: It was surreal because uh, I uh, forgot what channel, because I, I kind of like to flip and see who's covering what and what way, but uh, the one that I was watching, and it could have been channel two or nine, uh, the guy was streaming. I mean, he was doing a Gus Johnson-like call of the chase, like, like, oh, my was, God, Oh, don't, don't do that. It was amazing. It was yeah, incredible. That was nuts. Um, then, but, Steve, the highlight was the golf cart chase. I, I, I don't know if you saw that recently.
0: Wait, I didn't see that one.
1: Oh, my God. There, there was someone with a golf cart and a dog, and there was a police chase of the, the golf cart. you got to look this up. Oh my uh, God. The amazing thing about that, like, the golf cart was only going whatever the golf cart could go like. Twenty miles per hour. So it was a legit Jeez. golf cart
3: uh, chase. Slow speed chase. So the the best part about that video, if I remember, Rosh, I think the newscast put like a little speedometer on the screen. So like yes. it was like peaking at like nineteen miles an hour it was the while they we watching it was this amazing. golf cart go down the street.
0: Uh, and okay. then another weird one unfolded where I guess there were some looters that hit a store. Uh, Fox Eleven is live on air as LAPD comes out of the scene they're trying to just figure out what's going on because there's like 50 people on the scene, but one of the first things they did was cuff the owners of the actual place that got looted instead of going after the looters. They were were trying trying to get the information, but one of the people trying to give them the information was a reporter from the Fox channel.
1: It was amazing, and that happened a lot, unfortunately, back in 2020. Uh, Fox 11 is the one channel um, in Los Angeles. I, I know that there's a lot, but no matter what time of day, I mean, you could be watching you know, a TNZ Live or 25 Words or Less or whatever during during the afternoon. Uh, and they will break in. If there's a car chase going right. on, Fox 11 in Los Angeles has it covered.
0: They're going to have chaos. They're going to bring chaos to your doorstep. Yes. Um All right, let's talk about some uh, L.A. figures like LeBron and Bronny. And I know LeBron came out and uh, spoke a little bit about uh, Bronny and, and mentioned uh, what he was going to dedicate this season, which may be his final season, to his son who was falling with uh, – you know, serious health issues, and hopefully, Bronny can come back soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that, that was, uh, you know, the, 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 there was a lot of big takeaways from media day, but I thought that was a big one where he said that he's going to dedicate this season to Bronny. He did say that he's recovering, doing well. He expects him to come back this season, which is great to hear. And um, we had okay. heard that as well, but again, he, he he's not practicing with the team yet. But um, great to hear that he will come back. I mean, I I still think you know he spent a good portion of. His, uh, you know, he, he was up on the podium for about 16 minutes. You know, not only did he talk about Bronny, but for the first time, said Bryce, his other son, who's who's very good playing it. my alma mater, Notre Dame High School Sherman Oaks. Um, I really do think LeBron will wait, if possible, that, to, to take the floor oh, wow. with one of his sons. I really think that that's still his goal. All right.
0: It's hard to get a rosh mad. he's a very lovely human being um i was this you cussing on Twitter about the canelo fight? Wait, did I cuss about
1: the canelo fight? I
0: don't think I cussed mm, let's see there's a quote it I says say? Canelo. i I wonder who uh oh, well, let me no. read it correctly the yeah Canelo, canelo said
1: no, yeah no, no. Canelo, canelo said canelo he'll fight, fight. yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, back but back when i was with the worldwide leader or something like that like maybe i was think twice about it but i don't i don't care at this point i mean listen canelo cuss, i think i mean so happy for canelo i knew he was getting more comfortable speaking english and it, 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 it's a tough go like I, i'm not um but i, I was right. very happy during this press tour during the press conferences he really made it a point uh to you know to answer the questions in English. But, yeah, post-fight, the F- bombs were going because of Canelo.
0: Okay. I misread your tweet as you because he said, when asked who's going to fight next, he That's said, right. I don't effing care. And I thought you said that. I was like, wow, oh. how mad were you
1: after the fight? I know. I, I, I do love Canelo, but I'm not that passionate that I'm going to be, like, <laughs> dropping that bombs <song> about him. <laughs> can,
3: I say, can I say really quickly, so as Rosh mentioned, he's like trying to speak more in English and whatnot. So he's doing these interviews in English. A TikTok popped up of him, Rosh, and somebody asked him, "Who's on your Mount Rushmore of boxers?" Yeah. He like <laughs> not only is there the language barrier; he's Mexican.
1: I don't think he cares about what Mount Rushmore yeah. means. And by the way, like like the laziest question, right? Like I mean, like the Mount Rushmore of I boxers. Mean, just 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 say who's your top four? Or who's your Up, whatever, you know, I mean, come on now, Mount
3: Rushmore. uh, I'll put away my question of who's uh, Rosh's Mount Rushmore of L.A. athletes. Down the road, down the
1: road, down the
3: road. I mean, that question did come up one day, and I'm like, I don't
1: don't know. I don't know
3: who's Mount Rushmore.
0: Uh, You had a good conversation with Jim Lampley, and there's a couple angles here. Uh, You did this for the Messenger, and you can check uh, Rosh's Twitter account uh, for this story. But uh, Lampley had Max Kellerman's back, who's been really – getting beat up recently by Stephen A. Smith?
1: Well, the the issue I have with Stephen A. is, like, the guy lost his job, right? So, like, what is, literally, what is the point of continuing to go after him? And so, I know his name's going to come up, but, like, you you as Stephen A. Smith, the voice of ESPN, highest paid guy at the network or close to it, like, you got to take the high road when you're talking about the guy who's been canned. So, like, the fact Steve, that, that uh, Stephen A. continues to say, like, I don't like working with him. He, he wasn't a former journalist. He wasn't a former athlete. Yada, yada. It's like, bro, like, it's enough. Like, you won. Like, you get to pick who's on your show. Like, you, you get to bring the, back Chris Mad Dog Russo. Like, you won. So, I think Jim Lampley's point was, like, he just feels bad for the guy. I mean, he loves Max. I mean, he really did want to groom Max to take his job. Uh, so now seeing what's happened to him. And the interesting thing about Max, and, and I have not heard from him. I reached out to him. I mean, if you look at it from the moment that he got let go, not, he's not tweeted, has not posted, has not commented. So I'm assuming he's doing fine. I'm, I, I, I do think he's one of the people who got let go who's still getting paid out, but we have not heard from him.
0: Lampley, in your story, also uh, mentioned that he was a little surprised. Well, let's be frank. We haven't seen Jim Lampley around lately. Where has he been, and what were his thoughts?
1: So he has been in North Carolina, which is where he's from. He went to UNC. He uh, went back to teach at UNC. He lives on a farm in UNC uh, or in North Carolina near campus. Listen, I think the thing with Jim Lampley was twofold. Obviously, he mentioned it to me. He's a little bit older, right? He's in his seventies. Uh, the other thing is, you know, when you're Jim Lampley, you're used to get you're used to being paid what you got paid before. So, whether it took five years for him, you know, like that job's not available. And I think a lot of people in uh, sports media are, you know, it, it, like if when when they lose their big ticket job the first thing they're going to have to come to grips with is, like, your next job is not going to pay you that, generally speaking. And so for Jim Lampley, like, the, like, HBO top-tier job wasn't there. And um, and so the job that he had during the Canelo-Charlo uh, fight was very unique because he was hosting a chat on PPV.com. So what Jim Lampley is known best for is his voice. You couldn't hear him. He was on a staff. So I... I uh, I was happy to see him back, but to be honest, I, I don't know if that's the best way to use her.
0: Yeah. All right. This could be adversarial. I apologize, but we have some lunatics on the show. Arash Markazi is with us from the sporting tribune. Um, I slugged this story, hashtag math, because I saw Arash, you tweeted oh. out the other day. Um, uh, this was about who? Uh, Pat Mahomes. Right,
3: you have a yeah, the slide, oh, the,
1: the
0: slide on something. the slide at the end of the game exactly. when he could have scored a touchdown. So more of a hot so.
1: take than I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, tell the audience what you said about. Hey, you know, maybe just okay. score the touchdown.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, listen, that, that was a pure gambling tweet, and I and I probably should have prefaced it with that. Um Uh-oh. You know, Pat Mahomes sliding at the one or two yard line before scoring a touchdown. Listen, if you're going to score the touchdown and go up by ten points with like you know, 90 seconds left in the game, the, the game is done. But I get it. Yes, there is a small, minute percentage chance that you can score the touchdown, go up by 10. The other team scores the touchdown, gets the onside kick, kicks the field goal. You go into OT, you know what? So, yes, sliding and, and you know, and, and, and the game is done because you knew on it is a smart play. Okay, so that's like one hundred percent of the time you win. I think if Pat Mahomes scored, they also win like ninety nine point nine percent of the time. So and by the way, the majority of fans in Kansas City probably bet the over, they probably bet Kansas City to cover the spread. So I would have preferred Pat Mahomes to score in that situation.
3: All right. See, there we go. See, what what Arash is doing is he understands both sides of it. Yeah. So that's why I won't be adversarial because because for me, Arash is somebody who actually did bet Kansas City in that game and who knew exactly what was going to happen the second he crossed over. And I was like, he's going to go out of bounds or do something here because he doesn't need yeah. to score. It's one hundred percent the right play because, like you mentioned it, which is spot on. That ends the game one hundred percent. The other massively increases your probability, and you are more than likely going to win the game. But sliding ends it. It's over. It's done. It doesn't leave you that much yeah. chance of actually losing.
1: You're right. I mean, but, you know, so that that was my uh, – that was a tweet that, you know, sometimes you tweet things just for yourself so you can get it out there, but then that caught some fire. And then I guess Dave Porto tweeted about it as well. So I'm like, oh, shoot, I got myself in this mix. But, uh, yeah, listen, uh, yeah, but he, he <laughs> made the smart play. He made the smart play,
0: I guess. <laughs> yeah. well, Rosh with What what's the point of tweeting if it doesn't get some attention, right? Uh, let's close on this, a couple yeah. of Raider angles. Uh, First, a couple weeks ago um, on The Messenger, uh, you wrote a story about the black hole and the makeup of the fans now in Allegiant. Oftentimes, it's many more opposing team fans. Uh, That is annoying, Mark Davis. And then this is the crazy one. I'm sure he's happy to walk into SoFi and have the Raider fans take over SoFi, but then he's sitting in his box (laughs) and fans are like screaming at him that he doesn't know what he's doing.
1: Smart enough, I guess. We got to smart enough yeah. and like just go along with Josh McDaniels. I mean, so here's the thing about that. Uh, the SoFi Stadium game on uh Sunday, that was the cheapest ticket a Raiders fan could buy uh this season so far. Wow. and Not only so far, probably through Christmas. And these these things fluctuate. So the get in price to see the Raiders and Chargers of SoFi was one fifty. The get-in price for the last home game against Pittsburgh was 500. The get-in price for Monday Night Football is around 500. The point of the column uh, was, if you're a Raiders fan, like that's a hard ticket to 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 buy. 500 is a lot of freaking money. And then you you like you got in if you're traveling to Vegas and maybe you're not from there. You 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 know it's a hotel and all that stuff. 100 dollars at least to find a parking spot. So the cheapest way for the Raiders fans to watch their team play this season is to go on the road. Um, And I don't know who's the loser here because the team's making a ton of money. The league loves it. Um, But it's an unfortunate thing because what's happened is, generally speaking, and this will for sure be the case on Monday night when the Packers come to town, that will feel like Lambeau Field. It'll be a ton of Green Bay fans there. Yep.
0: Well, Mark Davis is frustrated, but he is making a lot of money, and he is very generous, and the organization is charitable. It was very cool to see uh, the Raiders give a million dollars to UNLV Athletics yeah. and you know, mostly earmarked for UNLV football. By
1: the way, love that partnership, and, and just um, seeing the turnout for the Hawaii game was fantastic. How amazing is that uh, trophy – the pineapple for the Ninth Island Showdown all right. and all that stuff. So, <laughs> I I do like that partnership there because UNLV is playing in a top tier, amazing facility. They got a new practice facility, so hopefully uh, that program will. And by the way, they have they're they're, they're having a great season so far.
0: Arash from the Sporting Tribune. Uh, make sure you go check out his Twitter. He uh, put out a story today, posted a story today, retweeted a story today, a very impactful, important story by our buddy Willie Ramirez. So go check that out uh, at Arash Markazi. Arash, I'll talk to you soon. See ya.
1: Thanks, see ya, babe.
0: There he is, Arash Markazi. Good. I'm glad he could hear us. That was very good. Handled that well, being wrong. Um, I think he probably had some conversations about it. And instead of digging in, Against Twitter and math nerds, right? Because that's what people do. They're like, "Oh, these guys, they don't know what they're talking about." Like they do. Live and learn. I really wanted Pat to score that touchdown, though. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think. That, I don't think I told the story on Monday. I told it at some point this season. I had the, I had the Northwestern Wildcats plus twenty six and plus twenty seven. And Penn State did a fake kneel down and threw a touchdown late in the game. No, it was a
3: quarterback draw, Steve.
0: Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so I lost that one, and then, and then I did have the Chiefs in-game minus three and a half. Nice. <laughs> I was like, come on! Just one time! But on the I, same I, weekend is I, brilliant. I, I, I saw it happening as well. Yep. I'm like, he is not going to go in, is he? Because uh, earlier, I forget what moment it was, but uh, freaking, uh, what's his name? Now I'm blanking on the running back's name.
3: Why am I blanking on it? Pacheco. Oh. He yeah. had a moment where he did a slide. I'm like, oh, boy. They, uh, they, they know the math. If they, only there was a Jets defender right there who was smart enough to realize, no, we have to push him in because that's the other part, right, when you know you're wrong. If the other team wants you to score, I think you can objectively realize the situation calls for the other thing. The two best teams in the regular season will meet a minimum of three more times as the WNBA championship is at stake. The defending champs, the Las Vegas Aces, will try and dispatch the New York Liberty to retain the crown and become the first back-to-back champions in the league in over 20 years. It all starts with Game 1 this Sunday as pregame starts at 1130 with tip-off at the Michelob Ultra Arena just after 12 on ESPN Las Vegas,
1: 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Cofield and Company presents. Hey, hold on! up. Grab bag.
2: Don't touch it. Don't even look
1: at it. Only on ESPN, Las Vegas.
2: Stick your
0: hand in there, Dave. All right, grab bag time. Damon, let's uh, get our convo with one Jalen Hill ready. New UNLV basketball player. Uh, before we get to that, though, because I uh, had a decent convo with him and uh, trying to bring the the gang to Vegas, right? They got a bunch of big 12 players coming to Vegas. What's the latest now? Because we have to cover Trailer. Yeah. Travis and Taylor. Trailer Trash. Yeah. Uh, Travis, Kelsey. I didn't say he had a Trailer Trash. Kelsey and Swift. Were the Kelsey brothers talking about the NFL and how the NFL's latched onto this and maybe kind of taking advantage of the relationship a little too much. Do we have the sound?
3: Is the NFL overdoing it? What is your honest opinion? Not. I think, take away, I think everybody's take away your just like overwhelmed. feelings with for it. Taylor. What is your <laughs> honest opinion on how the NFL <laughs> is treating uh, celebrities at games? I think it's fun when they show uh, who all is at the game. You know, I think uh... – I think it brings a little bit more to the atmosphere, brings a little bit more to, to what you're watching. Um, but at the same time, I think, uh, they're overdoing it. They're, they're overdoing it a little bit for sure, especially my situation. Right. I think they're, they're just trying to have fun with it. And, um, a lot Here's of, uh, a lot of the people watching, go ahead. Let's hear it. I just think the NFL is not used to celebrities coming to the games. Like basketball has to figure it figured out. They're all courtside. They're sitting there. They show them once or twice and then, and then they, but they get back to the game. NFL is like, oh, look at all these A-list celebrities in the game. Keep showing them, show them, show them, show them. Dude, listen, you show them once, let them know they're there. Maybe after a touchdown, you get a little clip, but it, you, can't, you can't be overboard with it. Yeah. People are there to watch the game, right? Yeah,
0: they're not there to get thrown on TV. I'll tell you what, though.
3: Okay, I, I don't care about the take from Jason Kelsey. If that's what this podcast is like, because I've only seen like 30-second snippets of it, it'd be unlistenable. Jason, I hate to break this to you. You're not the attraction on this podcast right now. It's your brother. So when you ask him a question, let him answer the question. He's, what do you think? And you can even tell Travis Kelsey, he's like, I, he just like stops. He's like, tell me what you think. Like, stop interrupting him. You're not the star right now, Jason. I'm sorry. That's it. I don't really care about what Travis had to say. That was my takeaway. Can I go? Can you do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right.
0: Uh, yeah, earlier uh, yesterday, actually. I, had a I thought this was a really good conversation. Oh, I had a chance, too. It was uh, absolutely fantastic. T- 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 we're, we're actually going to run out of time here in a second. I actually think we just ran out of time. Yeah, we did. What? No way. No, we did. Yeah. Yep. Are you did. serious? Yes. Yes. Oh, we're out early
3: today? Yes.
0: Oh, my yes. bad. So we'll, we'll push it off to tomorrow. I will post it on the web, though, after the show. Well, at least I can keep interrupting you. <laughs> it was a good joke. Stick your
3: hand in there, Dave.
0: Yeah, that's sad. I thought we had until 57. No, we're, we're a little, a little bit earlier today. By the way, no, uh, Barry Odom radio show today. Just so people, I hope no one's driving over there right now. Probably should have said that a few more times this week. Bye week. No coaches show. Uh, but do look on. Okay, I would love for somebody was on their way. Oh no, please. <laughs> I mean, Parkway Tavern's a wonderful place. It is wonderful place. Three to six happy hour. I'll be there. You can come meet me tend to close you're going to drive over just to court just the, to appease the
3: the one person that was probably there for the um, radio show
0: I do want to mention all the great work that uh guys like Caleb Herring are doing with social media around UNLV football there's a you, clearly there's a bigger demand now there's more interest which I hope it explodes right I'd be cool if they go and get uh, retain the cannon take care of business and then they can start heading towards the second half of the season that much closer to a bowl berth which I think those were, you know, meager goals, but uh, there's a ton of stuff up right now at UNLV All Access on Twitter, on my account, uh, it's on Cofield and Company. So a lot of interviews, a lot of press conference stuff, a lot of small features and videos. So it's cool. I, you know what? I'm hoping the runner Rebels can kind of get out to a similar start. I don't know if they will, but I will give them credit. Uh, Kevin Kruger put together a really good non-con schedule. The times I've been out of practice – And I'm very cautious with all UNLV teams because we know the way things have gone and basketball has been like close in a lot of these years, but they've been without a true point guard in most of the cases. And then a lot of the years they get kind of whittled down as a roster because of injuries. And, you know, we just had the Caleb Boone thing happen the other day with UNLV basketball. So unless there's more information, um, I don't think he's going to serve a massive penalty, but he'd probably serve something. But right now he's still practicing. Uh, but yeah, the look of the team, you know, when you got DJ Thomas as a point guard, uh, the look of the team and the way it's built with all, like we talk about it all the time. And this is the goal of a lot of coaches, not in the big 10, but positionless basketball. They've got a roster that can play positionless basketball. And, but they believe that they have like five guys who can play center. But that also means there's going to be times when the center is six, 250 pound Robert Whaley. And other times it's going to be ice. In Cottrell, who is 6'10, 250.
3: Yeah, that's his nickname, huh? Forgot about that. It's a good nickname. I yeah. <laughs> well, sorry, I was gonna say, that? just
0: just play. Just well, play Of healthy. course. I mean, you know, it that that kind of size and with a stretch
3: element and being a rim protector, they so need that. Oh, I mean, I would like one of the things that I think they've sorely missed over the last few years. They don't really have a like a finisher on, at the rim or a guy who's like a lob threat or anything like that. They well, their presence got
0: one. I think they've got one with Cottrell. Yeah, I think both of the Boone twins can do it as well. Uh, Lou Rod can do it. yep Luis Rodriguez, and you kind of forget about him, like he's because he's in this group of like six six
3: dudes at two hundred and ten pounds. Yeah, that's. That's been the thing that I think the last few years that has kind of killed them a bit. You got to have pressure on the rim. You got to be able to get within four feet. You've yeah. got to be able to finish. You got to have the bigs who are a threat, not just in post ups, um, right? Like those are the things that you've got to be able to do if you're really going to open up your offense. Because if you have legitimate threats within four feet, well, then people are going to have to run to protect that. And then if that happens, then of course drive and kick, and you get all sorts of different opportunities.
0: Hey guys, not I got add the something. future. They got some good news. Damon were you firing in.
2: Uh, Yes, I wanted to close the show with a couple of texts that we got.
0: Okay, well, I just want to mention real quick, they got a 7-footer yesterday to commit in uh, Pop and or Jai. 7 foot, about 200 pounds, so he's going to be a rim protector in the future. What do you got?
2: Someone also said, uh, need air in your tire, you can go to Lowe's and they do that for free, actually, Steve. Uh, I know that's not helping you now. But someone also said, I'm 33, never heard of him, think they're talking about Mr. Beast. And someone else okay. said, I'm liking Demon more every day. That's the real one we had to get in there before the show. Closed. Oh, we had a that. So that's cutting. why you had to get <laughs> yes. in I was
3: like, what is the point of all this?
2: I'm liking Demon more every day. Thank you to whoever no, said no. that.
0: We want the feedback. 69187 is our text line. We always want the feedback, and especially it's definitely going to get on the air if Damon gets compliments. Of course. He'll probably read them if he gets
3: ripped as well. I hope nobody stuck around at 3 when you teased to the interview at 5.45. Oh, I did.
0: <laughs> I did. I teased. I teased two hours and 45 minutes ahead, and then we uh, spoke <laughs> We spoke too long for about 18 seconds because you were jerking around.
3: I mean, it's part of the bit. It worked. Maybe it's the same person that's going right now to Berkeley <laughs> right. Tavern.
0: Thanks to Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give them a call if you have issues. 766-1400. We'll see you.